Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. If I bleed tonight, if I am sad tonight, I don't have a job to Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new episode of the Power Slam podcast here on Patreon a day early or wherever you get your podcasts uh, the following day. My name is Kenny and I'm joined as always by Mr. Finley Martin. Finn, how are you today? It's good to talk to you. Kenny, I'm all right. Yes, that's it. Yeah, I was at a wedding this week, so apologies for uh, the delay. And um, But I am back in Lancaster and um, yeah, ready for some escapism. You know, that's what we need in our lives, a bit of escapism. And that's what we're here to deliver to all of the listeners. Yeah. Um, I should mention, uh, I know we usually plug it at the end, but I will forget. Um, do join us on Patreon because we're actually going to be uh, on the overrun this weekend. We're going to be doing the questions that didn't make it into the magazine, but we thought would make good podcast answering questions. Yeah. So some good questions we're going to tackle this weekend on Patreon um, or early next week whenever we put it up. So, um, Let's get into the news, Finn. Obviously, we had Dynamite this past Wednesday, and one of the, I mean, arguably the biggest thing coming out of it is we got the brief promo hyping the return of the Elite uh, coming back to AEW. This yes. kind of coincides with, you know, the the talks of a CM Punk buyout, um, and, you know, the fact, you know, there's the story now from Punk's camp that's come out that Larry the dog had to get his teeth taken out after a door being hit in his face. Um, the other side are saying that didn't happen. So the fallout from it continues. Yeah, uh, all this time later. Um, I mean, it, it, there just seems no way that Punk is going to be back. No, no, I don't think so. And you know, I think probably it's for the best. I mean, Tony had to choose. 
it was going to be the books and Omega or Punk. I believe Ace Steel's already been sent packing, Kenny. I believe yes, he was released on. last week. Okay, so I mean that was a good indication of the direction of travel, which where the wind was blowing. Well, I mean, <laughs> we knew anyway, didn't we, that he was going to choose the books and Omega. Um, and that's his choice to make. And I think he had to make that choice quickly because if he's bringing one or more people back, he needs to just get on with it and like try and move on from this. Because the longer that the people who are going to return are off TV, the more attention is drawn to the media scrum incident and the you know post-match kickoff backstage. So I think it's in, what's happened is, is inevitable or was inevitable. I'm not surprised by any of it. Um, I mean, everyone's going to make their own choice about whether or not he's made the right decision. I mean, I I personally think he ha- he has, and I've we've talked a lot about the you know Punk's behaviour, and Punk has his backers, he has his supporters who feel that he was just you know he was he was he was reacting he was in a bind he was his back was against the wall and he was reacting it was it was a response to uh behavior backstage and he'd had enough and he couldn't stand it anymore so he said what was on his mind he felt like he had no choice presumably he felt like the media scrum thing it was his moment to go public with his real feelings and did he ever um, and then what happened happened backstage, and clearly it would be it's impossible to envisage a way in which the Young Bucks and Omega and Kenny Omega could coexist in the same company again. I mean, I think unless somebody was going to come forward, all four were going to come together and say, "Listen, we were out of line. I apologize. This must never be allowed to happen again." You know, let's work together for the good of the business. We can do a hell of an angle out of this. We can do these matches. This could be red hot, white hot, molten heat for AEW. And unless they were willing to compromise and do that, and as far as I know, Kenny, none of them were or are, then this was going to be the inevitable outcome. Someone had to go, didn't they? Yeah, 100%. I will say this, and this is just my personal opinion, which I don't really want to say too often because we are trying to cover this in a as objective way as we can, right, when we cover wrestling. I don't really enjoy Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks at all on TV. They're not, they're not really for me. I enjoy CM Punk infinitely more. I think he's way more captivating. I think he's way more realistic. I like his programs better. I like his feuds better. I think his... I think he just he comes across like way more of a real personality than they do. So he I would pick him over them any day of the week in terms of who I want to watch on TV. But that's not the 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 choice. The choice is, you know, punk did what he did. And if if you were to go with punk, you know, a lot of the locker room, you know, Chris Jericho, I think, is committed to it. He told Punk that he thinks he's a cancer to AEW. Right. Um well, but if that's the mood in the locker room, they then have to go with. How can he return and nope. function in harmoniously, or or just in a, in a way where everyone's existing in a workmanlike fashion? They don't have to be friends. Um, but I mean, if that's the mood backstage, that punk is the problem or was the problem, then they need to eliminate the problem, or Tony Khan does. So you know, I understand it. Also, you know, punk's injured again. I mean, as far as we know, even if everything was 
you know, peachy and, you know, was, everybody was getting along and, oh, we can't wait for Punk to return. He's he's going to be sidelined until, what, late spring, early summer next year? It's going to be a while, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I think it's spring next year. I mean, the, the funny, the other thing that's, I mean, this is not the same situation, right? But Steve Gunn and I were talking yesterday and, the, like, there's, there's to, in my mind, there's a little parallel to, like, Bret Hart in 1997, right? Bret yeah. kind of had to go for, in 97 for different reasons, but he had to go. Because, you know, Vince basically had to choose between Sean and Brett. He was going to choose the younger guy. And, you know, Brett was the one to go. Yeah. If Brett had stayed, we've talked about this, if Brett had stayed, as much as I think a lot of wrestling fans would have preferred Brett to stay because Brett was more realistic, he wasn't as much trouble, blah, 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 yeah. blah, blah. Brett would have hated the attitude era. He yeah. would not have been able to handle it. He wouldn't have been able to handle all the sex and violence. It would have been a disaster. He had made that clear in like October, I think maybe as early as late September, you know, there's the big shift mm-hmm. you know, after the post summer slam when DX formed and Sean did the heel turn. And, you know, over the next sort of two months, uh, there was a big shift in the content of the programming. Um, and Brett many times privately and certainly publicly as well in his Calgary sun column, um, voiced his objections to the direction that WWF was taking. And and he was he was peeping all the blame. I mean, you could think, well, maybe was it an angle? You know, was he just preparing his match with Sean at Survivor Series? But I don't think so. I think he really did find it all very objectionable, the uh, direction that the uh, company was going in. Um, so he would not have been happy in WWF had he stayed. And he would have caused a lot of trouble there. Yeah, and, and, and then the parallel to Punk is that you know, Punk is someone who I think a lot of people would like to stay because they enjoy him more on TV. But in the reality, there's no way that he could come back given what's happened. So it's like, you know, and for me, it's like I, and when Brett left in 97, they were very lucky because Vince was the villain. He then made himself the villain on TV. They had Austin and they just, you know, it went crazy. I don't know if AEW is going to, you know, go. It's, I don't think it's going to get crazy popular from Punk leaving which is a shame. I don't know if it's really going to make that much difference. I mean, the ratings this week, I think they were just under a million viewers. I mean, that's where they were with or without Punk, or that's where they are with or without Punk. Yeah. Um. So, I mean, if he if he was really going to make a difference, you know, more than a couple of episodes, he would have done so when he was there and when he was vying for the world title and having his big matches with Hangman Adam Page or John Moxley or whomever. And I don't think he was a real difference maker for the company. Um, maybe he was a slight difference maker in terms of people coming to the events because also maybe, the, the, the yeah, attendance maybe. has been down. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and maybe in pay per views he added more buys. But if you no. view it just in terms of you know a televisual, you know, in terms of actual viewing figures per week, you know, whether he was there or he wasn't there, the the numbers weren't that dissimilar, were they? They were very similar each week. Yeah, they were. So I mean, I, mean, I, I understand why Tony Khan's done it. I mean, it's like we've got these three guys who are ready to go. These were the people who helped start the company. These are the people who either were or still are EVPs. I'm not sure if they're still going to be. Maybe mm-hmm. they'll have to give those jobs up. I don't really know what what they do in those jobs. Whether those jobs really are just more ceremonial um, rather than actual practical hands on, and they actually doing anything that's really making a difference. But I think he had to make a choice, and I understand why he's chosen uh, the Jacksons and Omega. Um, you know, they've been sent there since the beginning. 
And, um, you know, Punk only came in last year. And, you know, I, I, I've talked a lot about how I felt he should have handled things very differently. I don't feel like I need to go over that again. And it seems maybe that Tony Khan has a similar view on that one and that he's decided that, you know, the Young Bucks and Omega are the three people who can return and Punk is the one who will be who will be sacrificed. Uh, but if that's the mood, if the mood in the locker room is that Omega and the Bucks will be welcomed back by more people than Punk would have been, then politically, I think he's made the right decision. Yeah, I mean, I think he didn't really have an, an option. I mean, the, the the sad thing is that you know the, he's losing his his biggest star, but if he had chosen to stick with him, then he would have lost the respect and the you know a lot of the locker room would have probably turned on. Exactly. Because then, then the message is that what he did was okay and that you can do that sort of stuff, which yeah. obviously exactly you 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 you're tempting you know you you you're introducing anarchy to your locker room, aren't you? And this is something he needs to. I mean, we still. I mean, obviously, we had the Andrade and Sammy Guevara incident. Um, has anything happened since then? I think. I no, think... But, no, we've actually got a couple of weeks without incident, Finn. So. Wow. <laughs> so. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I understand why he's taken this course of action. So, um, you know, and yeah, I don't think there's much to add to that. I absolutely do understand why he's done this. And. I think for him and for his company, I think probably is the right decision. Um, in terms of Dynamite, though, you know, we did have um, a match with Brian Danielson and Sammy Guevara. We had um, you know, a, a match where Swerving Our Glory beat FTR to become the number one contenders to the tag titles. Um, but at the end, we had the Moxley... I mean, when, and... when are FTR going to get a big match, Kenny? Well, I mean, I'm... I'm, I'm... Because they didn't say on commentary that Swerving Our Glory's match with the acclaimed is at full gear. They, okay. they didn't say that. So I, I wonder if FTR might still be in the full gear match. Okay, well, I um, hope so. I mean, they're wandering around with those three different tag team titles, mm -hmm. and, um, and none of which seem to really float their boats. We need the AEW World Tag Team Championship. Well, you've already got three sets of belts. I always feel like it's sort of devaluing the belts that they hold, that they're striving to capture the AEW World uh, Tag Team Championship. And and it's just like, it all seems a bit pointless, really. It's another sort of like, you know, less is, you know, less is more type situation. If they didn't have any belts, then you'd be more sort of rooting for them to win that, you know, number one contenders match and then challenge the acclaimed. But there again, you know, the acclaimed have only recently become champs. And I think it's too soon to take the belts off them. So maybe it needs to be Keith and Swerve in the full gear match so that the acclaimed win. Um, but yeah, hopefully FTR do end up uh, in a top match because they deserve to be there. But at the end of the... We had Moxley and Penta, but post-match we had the, the Firm attacking John Moxley and um, the Blackpool Combat Club were locked in their uh, room backstage. They couldn't come out to help. And then MGF came out and... Um, you know, he ended up taking Moxley's side and got beat down by the firm. Um, what did you think of this? Did you think this was, you know, they're kind of, obviously they're, they're playing it quite coy about what MGF's going to do. Is this him, is he doing the 1998 fake rock babyface turn? Or is he giving us the full shebang? That's kind of the un, unanswered question. Well, I mean, it does feel like, I mean, MGF has done these ruses before, hasn't he? I mean, when he came out on the 
the Buffalo Dynamite after he'd returned at All Out. He came out and pretended to be a babyface, didn't he? And then turned heel on the fans. So he's done this before he did this with CM Punk, didn't he, if you remember? Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's got form for lying. Got for fire. You know, for being a scoundrel. Um, I mean, it almost felt like a test run here. Like, let's beat this guy down. Let's see what the reaction to is. Because he sort of feels like he's almost a tw- in a tweener role. Because people want to cheer him, don't they? Yeah. They desperately want to cheer MJF. But, I mean, you don't want to shift him too far into, you know, the babyface world. Because then you potentially, like, cool down his, you know, his appeal as this sort of, you know, offensive guy who really cuts up his opponents and the audience as well occasionally or not occasionally every week really <laughs> and, uh, so I don't know really I mean it was a, more like a moderate heat beat down I mean I was watching it and there's Ethan Page and there's W Morrissey and there's the gun club and they beat down Moxley and then security ran out and they beat down security really easily and people didn't really seem that upset that John Moxley was taking a pasting um, so that was a very disappointing reaction from the audience. And then all this led to MGF coming out and he um, he told the firm, hadn't he, not to attack Moxley prior to prior to all this. Yes. So, and then he fired Stokely Hathaway uh, and then they turned on MGF and beat him down. And I think there was more of a reaction to the beatdown of MGF, but it didn't really feel like you know, wasn't like white hot. It wasn't like people were really angry that the firm were destroying MJF. I mean, a problem, of course, is that no member of the firm really has any heat. It's hard to take them seriously, isn't it, Kenny? As heels. Yeah, well, they've not they've not really done anything, have they? They've not done anything to to provoke that reaction. Yeah, you know, they've because the firm have come in. It's not like they've. It's not like the ne- the nexus where they've like beat up a bunch of like big names or anything. Yeah, you know they've just kind of come in and what what have they done since all out? I don't know. I mean, Gun Club. I mean, they beat you know Garrison and Pillman, and obviously they turned on the father and the with Stokely and Ethan Page is somebody who they seem to be trying to heat him up again, but he's there's been so many stops and starts and false starts with this guy that it's really hard to believe in him as a top star. I mean, Morrissey to me is somebody who looks the part but he's never really shown me anything in the ring um i mean there's a lot of things that really should have taken place before this to provoke the reaction i'm sure they were seeking but maybe you know this is a building block thing let's give it time i mean maybe next week it could be a lot better but i mean will we get mgf and moxley teaming up against maybe the gun club is that next week's match yeah, we I could mean, do. Can, can Moxley trust MJF? The problem, of course, is Mox, if Moxley trusts MJF and then MJF turns on him, it's going to make Moxley look really gullible. And we know that MJF is not someone to be trusted. So it's a tricky one to see which way this goes. But there has to be a match between maybe Moxley and Page next week, or maybe Moxley and Morrissey. I'm not sure, but there has to be a match between someone who was who took a beating this week on Dynamite. And uh, and one of the people who was doing inflicting the beating on that person, so something like that has to happen next week, doesn't it? Yes, and um, and, you know, I mean, I do like the idea that MJF. We we don't really know where he lies. I mean, he was earlier in the show when he was out with Renee Paquette. He was, you know, he was playing to the crowd. He was getting them to shout his catchphrase with him. So he is, 
being more sort of on their side, but not to a point where he's like compromising the MGF character, which yeah. is something that, you know, is a, a, a rough line to tread. He seems to be doing it pretty well. Um, so anyway, let's move on from there. Um, I did want to bring up, so I, we put up a clip on our YouTube channel last night from my magazine interview with Brian Danielson from ITR Magazine. And one of the things that I'd uh, asked him about was um, about you know working with CM Punk in 2014 in WWE and then now, now in 2022, well, when we were talking, they were, they were working together. <laughs> and, um, yeah. and, and I'd sort of said, you know, did you ever think in 2014 when he walked out that, you know, you guys would be in another company all these, all these years later? And here's what he had to say. I thought it was just worth kind of bringing it up. He said, it was really interesting. My contract with WWE was up in 2018 and I was considering going to Ring of Honor. I was talking to the Young Bucks and I was talking to Cody just to see, and their contracts were all up as Ring of Honor. I was like, well, what are you guys going to do? Even my lawyer, who doesn't know anything about pro wrestling, he said, hey, I don't think you should sign with Ring of Honor if these Young Bucks aren't going because they've got this YouTube show called Being the Elite. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's essentially the driver of the popularity of Ring of Honor. So if those guys go away, we don't know if Ring of Honor will still be as popular. Then with Cody's contract coming up, if they leave and Cody leaves, what will Ring of Honor's popularity be like? So that was part of the discussion. When you're looking at it in 2014, you don't envision the Young Bucks starting a YouTube channel and it's going to become super hot and a catalyst for changing pro wrestling. You also don't envision that even if there is someone with money who backs them and whatever it is, is it going to be someone who is really willing to be fully invested in it in the way that Tony Khan is? So you could never have imagined it, but I think given that, it's really cool. But I mean, say Cody and the, the Bucks had not left Ring of Honor and Danielson had went there in 2018, do you think, would Ring of Honor have stood a chance to become, you know, as big as AEW is now, or do you think that that was kind of going to be doomed under the Ring of Honor umbrella? Uh, well, I think I think if Danielson had gone there, then I think Ring of Honor would have been bigger, but it's really hard to imagine that Ring of Honor would have got that TV deal and got all the things that AEW now has, because I just don't think, I mean, well, I know they have the TV deal, but I mean, like a na- like a nationwide national cable TV deal, like the deal that AEW obtained with, well, with TNT uh, beginning now with TBS, aren't they? That's right. So, I mean, obviously they were on TV, Ring of Honor, but it was a different TV setup, wasn't it? They were just in certain markets. That was the way the TV was done, right? I think that's right in Ring of Honor. Yeah, 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 that's right. Yeah, you're right. So, I mean, at that point, how much further could Ring of Honor go as it was previously? And to take it from where it was or how it was in the format that he was in to where, say, AEW is now would have required so much investment. Would the Ring of Honor owners have done that? And I don't think they would have done. So I don't think it would have made a huge amount of difference. I think Ring of Honor would have done more, some bigger shows, would have drawn bigger crowds. But to, for Ring of Honor to then become, you know, this uh, national and in, indeed international force as AEW is now, I'm not sure how they would have got there. I'm not sure if that would have been possible. And I think also it would have just made Tony Khan even more determined to launch AEW because he would be thinking, hold on a second, if I get the Young Bucks and I get Kenny Omega, then Brian Danielson's going to come as well. And what a dream team or what a dream locker room that is to launch a new company with. So I think everything would have just played out the same, but AEW from the start, I think would have been in a better position than it was and probably would have drawn larger audiences from the off. Um, so yeah, I, I think I don't think a whole lot would have changed really. 
So obviously, Brian, uh, Daniel Bryan, he returned, didn't he, in 2018 at WrestleMania, didn't he? For yes. the WrestleMania 34 match against Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. So that was his first match in like three years. Um, yeah, it's curious that he was thinking of of leaving to go to Ring of Honor when he'd finally, after three years, received the approval from WWE to return to action. It was obviously obviously been paid well when he wasn't wrestling and they had big plans for him from the off um, and clearly wanted to push him as a star again. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know whether it would have happened. I mean, we often have ideas and these things that we want to do, but like when the time comes to actually put pen to paper and leave this very safe job, I mean, I know he did do eventually in 2021, but that was after like three more years plus in WWE of wrestling everyone, wasn't it? So it's like he he climbed all the mountains that he wanted to climb. He'd done everything he could do in WWE, right? When he left for AEW. I think that was the reason why he decided to go when he did, because, hey, there was the offer there. CM Punk was there. Seemed like the company was going to make it because it had been in business for three years by that point. Was it? Th- sorry, two years by that point. And uh, two years plus, rather. And um, so it seemed like a safer bet. So I think had he gone in 2018, that would be more of a gamble. Do you think that's a fair comment, Kenny? Yeah, yeah, 100%. I think the thing, because, I mean, as someone, I was never really that into Ring of Honor. So, and I think if if, Dan, if Daniel Bryan had went to Ring of Honor and been Brian Danielson, and even if the Bucks and Cody and all that had still been there, I think the, the same wall would have happened of, you know, we're in this kind of dark, dingy um, place, um, and it's probably not going to, you know, it's it's not going to get us to the next level, and no. you know, Cody and the Bucks obviously were very gung ho um, to to get to the next level. And I think Tony Khan would still have come along, and you know, if if Brian had went, everything, nothing else would have changed though, because Jericho would have already have done the Tokyo Dome, yeah, in twenty eighteen, right? So that would have been done. So the wheels were already in motion if he had left, um, but I think it would have. The only the only big difference would have really been that Danielson would probably have been an AEW original at the beginning. Yes, well, he would have been. Yeah, he would have been because he would have followed where 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 the rest of them went. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think he would have fared well either way. But I just don't. I don't see our Ring of Honor as it was, or even as it is now. I don't see Ring of Honor's got a got a got a. It's got a ceiling that it's not going to break through. It's just not going to exceed a certain level, no matter who wrestles for that company. It just yeah. isn't. And it wouldn't have done had Daniel Bryan stroke Brian Danielson uh, gone to work there in 2018. I think also people would have felt a little bit shortchanged by him because they waited three years for him to return to action in WWE. And there was all these matches that people wanted to see him have. And then if he'd left WWE, you know, of the euphoria of this amazing comeback and, you know, the expectation of all these huge matches he was going to have, I think, you know, he would have sort of been selling himself short as well there because mm-hmm. he wouldn't have had the matches with Roman Reigns and, you know, an Edge and other people. And I think he would have been, I think he did. I think the way Brian Danielson played it was absolutely the right way to play it for his career because he got to do all these things in WWE. He left on really good terms. He went to AEW. He's there now. And we know that he's going to return to WWE one day. And he'll probably have another big run at WrestleMania, get the Hall of Fame induction, um, you know, and, and maybe do some part-time stuff for WWE or maybe just retire. 
you know, in a few years' time. I mean, either way, I think he's, I think the, the whatever he wants to do, he'll be able to do it in the WWE system. They'll make that possible for him. Um, partly because, you know, he's a, a good egg. He's a, a real professional guy. You know, he gets on with people. <laughs> Unlike mm-hmm. someone we can mention, who we were talking about earlier. And he's a, you know, dynamite in, in-ring performer. And he could just immediately return to WWE tomorrow. And he could challenge Roman Reigns. And people would go gaga for it, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. Uh, well, speaking of Roman Reigns, actually, the last thing I wanted to bring up before we go, Finn, is multiple places, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter, PW Insider, are all reporting, um, well, Observer reported first, but PW Insider also talking about it, that Bray Wyatt may be in line for a big match with Roman Reigns coming up, um, because obviously Wyatt is so popular at the moment. Um, what do you think of this prospect of Wyatt having a, a big pay-per-view title or premium live event title match with Roman? Would you be interested in seeing that? Well, <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, we don't know yet, do we, what he's going to do, Bray Wyatt in the ring, because he hasn't had a match yet, has he, since he returned? It's almost like going on a first date and agreeing to a holiday together. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I, I don't, I don't doubt for a moment that they that they they've got this match planned. And on paper, it seems like a huge match. And I'm really cautious here because I I want this Wyatt return to work. I genuinely do. But I'm just mindful of how many matches didn't work of his when he was there previously. And particularly the last one he had with Randy Orton at WrestleMania. I mean, that was just a massive flop, wasn't it? It was like, what's this? You know, the guy's set on fire. It was December, wasn't it? The December paper. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it, the guy's supposedly dead. Uh, right. Oh, he's back. And was it about a six minute match or something like that, Kenny? Six minute match. And he came out. Did he not come out of a big box or something? A big play oh. box. And then Alexa turned up and it was such a, a letdown. I mean, such an anti climax. It's like, what's this? It was like that last Bond film. You know, it's just like <laughs> dreadful, and uh, so I want to I, w- I want to see why it succeed in this new in this new role that he's playing. We still don't really know what he's going to do yeah. in the ring. We still don't really know what he's going to do with his character. It's all up in the air. It's all you know, a work in progress, or you know, they're just being very you know, it's happening very a very slow pace, which I think, in a sense, is the right thing to do because. He's back now, and like, why rush it when you've got all these other matches lined up? So you don't need to tell everyone everything the first week or the second week. But I would like some information, Kenny, about how what he's going to do in the ring, how he's going to wrestle, what character he's going to play, um, and whether or not we can believe in this guy to actually have regular give-and-take matches in which he doesn't ruin the credibility of his opponents. So, yeah, I would like to see the match. But, I mean, they need to convince me first that Wyatt is somebody who's going to be a constructive player that is not only going to just get himself... Well, in, in a way, you could say, well, he didn't even get himself over in that last character because people were so disappointed and let down by the quality of his matches that after he'd had a match, you'd be like, what the hell was that? You know, who's benefited from it? Who's... Which wrestler has made gains from the match? From that match, what entertainment value have we um, gained from it? Almost none. Um, so I, I just, yeah, I just think we need some answers 
you know, about what he's going to do and how he's going to go about doing it. Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty pretty much all that I can say on it. Yeah, I mean, optimistic, hopeful, but we have to, the matches have to be different. I feel like we yeah. keep saying it every week. This is it's what needs to happen. They need to yeah. feel different. Um, but listen, that is all the time we've got for today. We'll see uh, what is next for Roman Reigns following Crown Jewel uh, next weekend. Yeah, I mean, are you excited about Crown Jewel, Kenny? I mean, I've got to say I'm not. Excited's a strong word. Um, <laughs> no, not real. I do like when a pay-per-view is on at 5pm in the UK. That That's nice. Because then, you know, I can just walk around to Ollie's house, can just stick it on, couple of drinks. It's finished by nine. That's nice. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the Saudi shows are, are more bearable than, than they used to be. But, I'm, I mean, to, truth be told, I'm, I'm way more... Uh, interested in Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar than I am Logan Paul and Roman Reigns. Yeah. I just hope it's one of those shows where going in expectations are really low and that the show just over-delivers. And that has happened before with a Saudi show. Just Um, think about it this way. At least Shane McMahon won't win a World Cup on this one. Yes. Yeah. And for that, we can be... We we can sleep easy. (laughs) You know, Um, sustain our... That will sustain our interest and enthusiasm, at least to some extent, for Crown Jewel. To some extent. Now that Shane McMahon's not going to be involved. (laughs) Well, I just want to thank you for all your support. Uh, Do check out the magazine, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. It's out now in WH Smith and Tesco in the UK, but also you can get it directly from us, InsideTheRopesMagazine.com. Patreon's the best way you can listen to this a day early. You can listen to all of our other stuff that we do. We've got a WrestleWar 92 review up from uh, to celebrate our five-year anniversary. We're doing this podcast. There's a new What Else Is Going Down up from last week. Um, and we're doing the overrun with your questions coming up later this weekend. So I want to thank you for all your support, everybody. And we'll talk to you soon. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTER Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.